Hey, what's up, guys? It's your good friend Jimbo. Today's episode is presented by Vayer. Vayer was founded with the goal of building an affordable everyday wristwatch that blends tasteful design with extreme durability and functionality. Vayer returns a sense of dignity to affordable wristwatches and are built to last. Vayer is a true American watch company specializing in both quartz and automatic watches. Vayer is offering our listeners 15% off if you use the code PODGO15. Go to VayerWatches.com to learn more and get your new timepiece today. And hello there, all you stay tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here. Back after a week hiatus. Needed a little bit of a little bit of a break. But uh I mean, what better way to come back than right before the, the NFL season kicks off this weekend as well as college football. Be honest, you know, if you guys have been following and listening, I didn't really think college football as a whole would have been playing but here we are but before we get into the show head over to staytunesports.net on the right hand side is all our social media accounts that you can follow us and subscribe and all that stuff as well as a merchandise tab for all our teespring shirts we still have the deontay wilder t-shirt out there I, I still love that one the my costume is too heavy for me to box type excuse so um, so we got UFC fight card this week. It looks kind of, uh, in a way. Angela Hill versus Michelle Watterson. That's really the only fight I would be interested in watching. Um, both fighters are very good. And I like Angela Hill. She's like the female version of Donald Cowboy Cerrone who wants to fight every two weeks. All the other cards, all the other fights, they, I mean, every fight has a potential to be a entertaining fight. But on paper, to me, it just looks blah. So if I see it, you know, I'll watch it. But definitely going to try to tune in for the Angela Hill-Michelle Watterson fight. But the reason why I bring up UFC is... Came out uh, towards the end of last week. Brock Lesnar is an official free agent. Him and WWE are no longer working together. Uh, WWE took all his merchandise and, and t-shirts, all that type of stuff off their website and begs the question is he going to try and make a MMA comeback and one dark horse organization that I thought was interesting if they were to try to sign him is uh, Bellator Um, I don't think Lesnar could compete in UFC anymore Um, let's be honest I think he came in at the right time. The heavyweight division was just terrible. You had Randy Couture, who was 40-some years old, as your champion. Granted, Dan Henderson was was a champion out into the you know, later stage, Daniel Cromier. But Cromier is a dif- dif- uh, different beast. I don't think Lesnar would do well. Even though some fans, somewhat including myself, 
want to see the John Jones Lesnar super fight that we all wanted a couple years ago. But here is why I would rather him go to Bellator. And Scott Coker was quoted in saying, "Yeah, if if he's open to coming here, we definitely could set up a Lesnar versus Fedor Elaminko fight." And even when Brock won the heavyweight champion with UFC, a lot of fans were clamoring for that. The reason why I like that fight a little better than John Jones fight, like I said, Lesnar can't compete with UFC talent anymore. Not saying Fedor shouldn't be be in the UFC, but Fedor is a little bit older now and doesn't fight as much as he used to. He hasn't fought in what, two years? But you put both of those guys in the ring, and I think it would be an entertaining fight. Um, I would like to see Lesnar's wrestling against them. Both guys, I mean, Fedor got knocked out by Wordham or knocked down, however you want to say it. So Lesnar still has the, the punching power. And on top of that, would Lesnar be able to capture gold in Bellator? Now, a little side um, dark horse is AEW Wrestling may want to swoop in and get him. And I'll tell you what, if, if they do that, that would definitely help take their their brand to the next level, you know, competing against WWE. And it would definitely set off Vince McMahon. Oh my God, that would be so freaking hilarious. Watch him blow up in their limousine. But, um, but if he were, if UFC, because UFC obviously always gets the, the fighters they want no matter how much money it is again I don't know if UFC would want to I don't think they would sign him just as a handout I mean yeah he would bring in a lot of pay-per-views no matter who he fights but if he were to and I, I think the John Jones would be the only fight to make you don't want to do Alistair or Reem who won last weekend because he already has the win over Lesnar um I mean, who do you put Lesnar against? You don't want to put him against like Andre Arlovski. He's, you know, you you UFC's gonna to want to make money, and John Jones is really the only fit um, for Lesnar as far as trying to sell pay reviews. Now, don't forget, just a few years ago, they had a little bit of a trash talking going on back and forth, and just never came about for the the fight. And that's when. Lesnar signed with WWE and showed up uh, at Wrestlemania and won the belt in the end I would probably rather hear uh, I would like to see John Jones fight but I just think that John Jones would run through him so I will say this I, I would want to see Lesnar in Bellator just to see how far he could go in that division I think if he signs with the UFC to do the John Jones fight, it's going to be just a one and done deal. You know, one fight, you know, make your money, go home for a couple years. I mean, obviously he's been smart about his money with the, the, the ranch he has. And, you know, the WWE contracts, uh, you know, the money he made off of them. So, so I... Uh, Stay tuned, you know, we may, we may see him in Bellator. Or, you know, Bare Knuckle, maybe? I don't know how well he would fare in there. I mean, there's some big heavyweights 
I, I still would probably bet on him if he went to bare knuckle. So like I said, my my wonderful Flyers magic ran out. Game 7 got shut out. 3-0 uh, or 4-0 like that. And you could see it just that game, they, they just the magic ran out. You know, they went back-to-back -back games overtime games to win uh, to tie it, to make it go to a, a game 7. And the one shining star of the past two games, I will say, is seeing Oscar Lindblom out there. And in game six, he played game six and game seven. And you know, he held his own. He still looked a little, a little rusty, but held his own. And you know, to have cancer diagnosed last December, being cleared of it this past June, and three months later, be on the ice rink. I mean, he's really he's really the winner this year. No matter who wins the Stanley Cup, you know you you gotta think about that. But as far as the Flyers, they're a young team, and this is what I'm taking away from from this run. I mean, first off, in the beginning of the season, no one expected us to be even close to the playoffs, let alone win a series. We're a very young team. Do we have questions to answer? Yes. Um later part of the last series against Montreal and this whole series our young defensemen gotta play better gotta pass better you gotta, you gotta watch what you're doing there's too many turnovers in our defensive zone so many times we just let Carter Hart out to dry and even him I mean he you know he, he's still gonna be good you know he, he's Definitely, we definitely solved our goalie problem. Just need a little more consistency. You can't. You're not going to win Stanley Cups giving up four goals a game. Not expecting you to give up one goal a game, but gotta be a little bit more consistent there. Definitely need our defensemen to step step up a little bit better. Pitlick. Not sure if he's a free agent, but if he is, I would bring him back. I mean, he played his ass off, and it showed. There was a lot of plays he made that helped other teammates get set up for goals or assists or, or whatnot. But he, he to me, he, he had the, the old Broad Street mentality, smashing people into the, the glass without a care about his body, you know. Just like how hockey used to be, be played until all these new safety rules came into effect but so we gotta wait till next season to have another chance at possibly a Stanley Cup run but there are still four teams left in the race now granted they both play one game already each and I'm gonna do my picks here so we got Vegas versus Dallas and we got Tampa Bay versus the Islanders even though both are so Dallas leads the series 1-0 with a 1-0 win over Vegas the other night. And Tampa Bay leads a, uh, the series by one game with a win of 8-2. Which is kind of funny because after um, Saturday, talking to my, my oldest and the wife, and they're like, well, who are you, you, know, you going to root for? This and that, blah, blah, blah. I say, you know what? 
I'm gonna root for the Islanders just because defensively they looked I mean unbeatable and it's kind of funny because they give up eight points now eight goals um, but also too it was a nice gesture of them that when up on the jumbotron they put a, a video montage or whatever you want to call it um, of Oscar Lindblom they were one of the first ones to start tapping their stick on the ice alongside the Flyers and that was pretty cool and much respect and my third reason I like Barry Trotz didn't like him with the Capitals because we couldn't beat him but he's a hell of a coach he knows how to pull that talent out of those players and then as far as Vegas versus Dallas going by Vegas I mean yeah they're down by one I've been riding Vegas this whole playoff I'm hoping that it's a Vegas versus New York Islanders Stanley Cup and I think that would be a a fun Stanley Cup finals to watch so not to just kind of sweep by the playoffs but let's be honest only four teams left um well you know as far as in how many games so Vegas versus Dallas I'm going Vegas Vegas will win by game seven I think it's going to go the full series as far as Tampa Bay and the Islanders I'm going to say Islanders game six so there are my NHL conference finals picks I don't think I've been doing half bad this past uh, this past playoff so but let's be honest most of the show is going to be all about the NFL and college football Notre Dame's playing this week against Duke I got to do a little bit of something Saturday so hopefully I can catch the tail end of the game hopefully it's not a letdown game I mean let's be honest Duke is Duke could be a good team and Notre Dame is known to kind of overlook the good the, the, the small schools so could be a good game but NFL I've been following the story you guys have been following the story probably the whole time Alex Smith officially makes the 53 man roster for the Washington football team yes not the R word the Washington football team um, only downfall right as of right now is he's likely going to be the number three quarterback which means most of the, of the time on game day he's going to be inactive as of right now, Kyle Al- Kyle Allen will be the number two quarterback. Um, this whole this whole process, I mean, going from almost losing your leg two years ago to 17 surgeries. I mean, you guys know the story. It's just amazing that this guy has so much determination, so much will to push through all this, to push past the naysayers, saying that he's never going to play again, and to make a 53-man roster. I mean, just give him the Comeback Player of the Year award now. I'm sorry. Who else deserves it more? He almost lost his leg. I don't care if he is inactive all 16 games. This was a feat. So, Alex, congratulations to making it. Hopefully your, your, ooh, your Washington football team ah, I kind of almost said the R word but I didn't caught it myself Loses week one against Philly 48 to nothing Deshaun Jackson torches them like last time 
but I wouldn't mind seeing him like even if it's like week 17 bring him on to be the number two quarterback even if it's a kneel down or whatnot let him come out and take a snap I mean make make it official make it official that he made it officially all the way back onto the field prove that he could still play prove that he is healthy enough I mean Ron Rivera said he threw him into the fire he threw him into the 11 on 11 drills the 9 on 9 drills which the 9 on 9 drills are a little bit tougher because it's the defensive line versus you making you scramble so he obviously has that mobility to run around and didn't phase him at all worried about that leg so congratulations Alex now the first eagle story I want to bring up and I thought this is kind of funny there's a player that we signed to the practice squad Josh McCown our former quarterback backup quarterback has been signed to our practice squad which officially made him the oldest player to be on a practice squad he's 41 years old his practice squad deal basically is he'll be staying in Texas throughout the season staying in shape all that stuff going through virtual meetings and making $12,000 a week why not just sign him as a coach already sign him as like a coach player if, if that's allowed I mean he's going to be a hopefully not as bad as Jason Garrett but he's going to be a Jason Garrett or even Doug Peterson a very very good backup quarterback a below average starting quarterback but possibly a hell of a coach I mean you saw what he did with Carson Wentz last year you know um but I just found it funny he's 41 years old he's on a practice squad I mean practice squad players usually consist of like un, you know undrafted rookie free agents or late ra- uh, late round draft picks nah let's let's stick a 41 year old quarterback on our on our practice squad the other news of the week with, with uh, the Eagles is Jason Peters is officially going back to left tackle. There's a lot to the story. Um, last week it came out. Obviously, we didn't have the show, so I couldn't talk about it. Last week it came out when Andre Dillard got hurt. They tried Matt Pryor at left tackle. Even though Peterson was saying all the right things, you could read between the lines and was not comfortable with Pryor at left tackle. Jason Peters we signed to play right guard because of Brooks Brandon Brooks um, tearing his Achilles so the Eagles asked him would you move to left tackle he said sure give me more money he asked for a raise um, which one I found quite surprising because that's not Peterson's or that that's not Peter's um, personality he's always put the team first um, all you know, always been about Philly, so I was surprised by that. And a lot of fans were like, Yeah, pay him. I mean, he's going to a different position to snap. Well, no, you should should have negotiated your contract a little bit better. I mean, if you thought there was a chance that you could get moved to a different position, you should put something in your contract as an incentive. Hey, if you move me left tackle, I get another million dollars. 
Now, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I love Peters. Minus the whole five starts about three times, five times a game. I always like Jason Peters. But that rubbed me the wrong way. But now, Doug Peterson came out yesterday at his press conference and said that Peters came into his office on his own and said he wants to move left tackle, he wants to do what's best for the team. And Doug Peterson was quoted saying, Jason Peters came into my office this morning and he decided to slide over left tackle. This is the unselfishness of Peters. This is who he is. He sacrifices not only his body, but for the football team. I'm thrilled to death. I mean, I am too, as long as he can stay healthy. You know, he's protected Carson's blind side since Carson came into the league. Problem is, is health. He's always getting hurt. And for the people that say he's not getting hurt, he's missed like two, three games the past four or five years. And now our head coach is thrilled to death that a should have been retired probably tackle is taking over for some young guys. So we have a lot of questions to be answered on offensive line. Now, who's going to play right guard? I mean, if Peters was staying against, staying next to uh, Johnson, that right side running game would have been just a beast. They're, they're, they're bulls. So now, now we got figure out who's going to play right guard. Playing Washington this week. Now we're a six-point favorite. I still think we'll win. Uh, Dwayne Haskins starting for Washington, but with Peters moving to the left side, he's going up against the rookie Chase Young. Very quick off the ball, and another just a beast. So I'm curious to see can Peters hold his own, or are they gonna have to put help on that side. Also, uh, ne- uh, contract negotiations with Zacherts have broken off because of. A low ball offer. Now I didn't see what the numbers were, but they did say that this contract offer was a lot lower than what was offered back in November. Here's the thing that we all gotta remember as Eagles fans. Yes, he did score the, the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yes, he had a big catch in the Super Bowl. Yes, he's been our leading receiver for the past five years. But we're not paying for the past. You're paying for what he potentially could do for the team in the future. Now, is he going to have a big drop-off? No, he's still young. He's still probably got a good five, six years before we start seeing a drop-off. Yes, we have Dallas Goddard behind him, but he's not Zach Ertz. He's a very good player, but he's not Zach Ertz. Do I think Ertz needs to be paid as a top three player? Yes. Uh, top three tight end. Let me say it that way because DeAndre Hopkins got paid today to be the, the, the highest paid player something like that. Non-quarterback something like that they said. Um, but Ertz is definitely better than Austin Hooper who signed with the Browns and the rumor was the contract that Philly proposed to him was a lot less money guaranteed in that one. But it's here, here's the good thing for us as long as we're smart about it, is he still has two years left on his contract. As long as we're smart about it, 
not to pull a Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott because right now, as each quarterback signs extensions, Prescott is getting more leverage and more leverage and more leverage because now you got Deshaun Watson signing uh, four years, 160 was it or something like that, and that's that's basically what Prescott wants, and with the salary cap not knowing how low it's going to be next year it's going to be hard for the Cowboys to resign him so before we go like I said earlier in the very beginning of the show we have a new segment that we are unveiling well old but new unveiling and here it is And here is your Blue Picks of the Week, brought to you by Skunk Duck Studios, the best ducking designs on the web. Yes, that is right. We're bringing back a old segment that me and our good friend King used to kind of do, um, where we'd always pick our blowout pick, lock pick, or upset pick for the NFL season. So we're going to consider a blowout, nine points, nine points or more, and an upset are going to be where the team is an underdog by five points or more. So as far as my blowout pick, I have the Raiders over the Panthers. Raiders are favored by three. I think they're going to win by a lot more. I don't think the Panthers are going to be that good. Cam Newton went to the Patriots. Yeah, you got Christian McCaffrey, but that's it. You know, Raiders got another year underneath John Gruden. Got rid of Antonio Brown. Um, I could see them beating the Panthers by 14 even then for my lock pick I have the Chiefs over the Texans which kicks off the NFL season Thursday night Chiefs are favored by 9 to be honest again I, I think they could win by more than that all the Texans have is Deshaun Watson yeah they got J.J. Watt but how long before he gets hurt you know he, he's a very good talent but can't stay on the field they trade away DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona and Kansas City still has all those weapons still has Patrick Mahomes Travis Kelsey Tyreek Hill all of them and they're looking to to repeat so I think they're gonna definitely be a lock there then for my upset pick of the week like I said the upsets are when the underdog is uh, five or more points on the spread I'm actually going with uh, Giants over to Pittsburgh Steelers Pittsburgh is favored by five and a half points um, Daniel Jones is another year older and he didn't look too too bad I mean a lot of the Giants fans when they got drafted was like oh you know what a waste to pick we got him a little bit later just not yeah, I mean he could have but and you got Shaquan Barkley that back there. Yeah, so I think think the Giants could upset the Steelers this week. And this this one I know I think will be a close game. So I think that's gonna be it for this week. Um, head over to staytunesports.net. 
And like I said, on the right hand is our social media accounts. I'll probably be on there Saturday and Sunday, tweeting away or Facebooking away, whatever you want to call it. And then on the top, there's a merch tab. Click that. Browse our Teespring store. Yeah. So till next time, this is your good friend Jimbo signing out.